What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another podcast, another college football podcast. I did not upload one last week because we recorded it a little too late, and obviously I did not think any of you would want to watch or listen to a college football podcast, an almost two-hour-long college football podcast right before game start. Uh, so I didn't upload it, but this is the recap of last week. And we're just going to go over which games we thought were the most important, which games were surprising, and just the biggest key takes. And today's the day we give off our... Today's the day we announce our top 25s per week. And Grant, you have anything to say before this? Uh, not too much to say at the moment. Let's just get into it. All right. Yes, let's get into it. So the first game I want to mention... Let's go ahead and see real quick. If this will load. There we go. The first game we're actually going to mention. Alabama, they handled business. Wisconsin, Ohio State. Ohio State handled business. That was a pretty good offensive show for them. Uh, Stroud looking impressive there. Maryland and Michigan. It's going to be really the first game we really talk about here. That was a very great game to watch. I think Maryland was one of Maryland's one of those teams that are very underrated. Uh, if you look at their whole roster, really the only player that really stands out is obviously Talia Tagovailoa. Uh, Talia Tagovailoa, obviously being the brother of Tua, who also again not an NFL podcast for this, but had a great week. In the NFL, uh, he stands out the most. But Maryland's really a underrated team. They're a great team, and they put up a good show against Michigan. Uh, Michigan did not as much as I thought they should have, though. I think if they're going to want to compete in the playoffs, which obviously I do believe they're still ranked number four, they're going to have to beat teams like Maryland. A little bit more than they did, 34-27. They're going to have to handle them a little bit better. You're going to be in the playoff. You don't want to do that to Maryland. That's the type of score you want to see against teams like Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State. So I I really think that, that offensively and defensively, defensively, they need to do a little better. But it's only week four to figuring things out, and I think they will eventually find out what they need. Right? You have anything to say about that? Well, I didn't catch much of this game. I was not hoping to see it, you could say. Um, Indeed. You were in the stands. Blake Corum carried Michigan past this one. Uh, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have won this game. Um you know, Michigan, you know, steamrolled their first three opponents. We mentioned they probably had the easiest first three games of anyone in the country. Um, this is the first actual game, and it was close. Definitely not a banner performance for Michigan, but, you know, they, they got it done, and they will keep on moving on with their undefeated record. Right. And before we go on to the next game, I want to mention, I, I think games like this, this being Michigan's first real test, that always has an effect. 
when you play a few Mickey games for the first few weeks and then play a tougher opponent, you're always going to see kind of a, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time you're going to see a little worse of a performance. I think Michigan will recognize that and pull it up. I think them going Mickey, 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 them playing Maryland really was a big change for them. But I think they'll figure that out down the stretch. But that brings us on to our next game. And this was a good one. Did you watch this one at all? Clemson and Wake Forest. I didn't get to watch that game. Mm. <laughs> you missed out. I was preoccupied. Yes, you were. And we'll get to that game in a minute. Uh, the one you were watching. I mean, I was scoreboard watching this game. True. But this was a great game. I watched pretty much this entire game. Clemson, Wake Forest, again, great game. Very competitive two-overtime game. Uh, Clemson won that 51-45. to DJ Uyunglele looked, again, very impressive. I wouldn't say – I wouldn't just say very impressive, but very improved, way better than he's been in the past few weeks. Again, I don't think Clemson's still a team that can or – I don't think they're a team that will compete in the playoffs. Do I think they have a chance at going into the playoffs? I think their schedule gives them a little bit of a benefit here. So they have a chance. Will Shipley still being the best player on Clemson's team. He had a very good performance. Wake Forest, though, even though they lost this game, if you watch this game, you would know immediately. Wake Forest looked very, very impressive here. As far as offensively goes, I may even say they won the they may have won the quarterback battle on that as well. DJ Uyunglele had the better statistical performance, but Sam Hartman looked amazing. And I just want to mention this. Though Wake Forest lost, DJ Uyunglele had five touchdowns. Hartman had six touchdowns. Very good performance by both quarterbacks. I also want to mention this too. DJ Uyunglele Clemson, they threw the ball a lot. This was a very airborne game for Clemson. Wake Forest, well, Clemson threw the ball 41 times with Uyangale. He went 26 for 41. Wake Forest, Sam Hartman went 20 for 29, six of those being touchdowns. So even though Wake Forest lost, this looked more, again, this looked like a great game still for Wake Forest, again, Wake Forest is one of those teams that they would be in the playoffs a few years in and out if they had a better defense. You look at teams like North Carolina and Wake Forest, they have great offenses that could compete with top-notch teams. If you saw Wake Forest and Alabama, it would be a high-scoring game. They don't have the defense to hold off these elite teams, and that's what we saw with Clemson. They have a great team. They just their defense isn't good enough. You can't win games. You can't be a playoff competitor and go and shootout games. Shootout games are not good. If you want to be able to be a competitive team, keep it a low-scoring game. Uh, but overall, very good performance by both two teams. I'll go ahead and say this: both two teams are in my top twenty-five. I think this was a very great game to watch, Grant. Well. 
have to say I am a bit surprised that this is how Clemson won the game. I'm not surprised Clemson won the game. I expected – you'd expect Clemson to go on defense and, you know, struggle, pity around on offense and, you know, pull out a close game. But they actually had to win a shootout, and they did, which is quite a surprise. Um, DJ is probably his best game of his college career, which they needed every bit of because they had to get 51 points and two overtimes to seal it. But Wake was just as impressive on the offensive side with Sam Hartman, as you said. I agree with you. Both these teams are in my top 25. I can't say I'm overly thrilled with Clemson's performance because, you know, I would hope they could do that offensively and turn in a more usual defensive performance. They didn't. But, you know, at least Clemson showed another dimension to their game other than scoring 20 points and holding another team to, like, 17 and make it look that way. So they can put the two together. That would help Clemson out a lot. But, you know, Wake gave them a game. Credit the Wake. Right. And one more thing that I want to mention. We talked about this the other week. Clemson gets way, in my opinion, Clemson gets, or they do, get way too much credit for their defense. They were talked about last year as having the best or second best defense in the nation. This well, year again, the second or third best. And then this year again, talked about possibly having it. I've I've watched most of Clemson's game this year. Their defense looks embarrassing. They don't tackle. They let people open wide open down the field. I mean, their defense has looked terrible. I wouldn't even say not impressive. They're more. They're worse than not impressive. It has looked terrible so far. And if you want to make it in the playoffs. They're going to have to do a lot better than letting Wake Forest score 45 on them. But again, Wake Forest, a very good offensive team. That brings us to our next game, which will be, Mr. Barry, your game. Number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs against not ranked Kent State, now one and three Kent State. I believe they're what the golden flashes, something like that. That is correct. Yep, golden flashes. That's right. Sesson Bennett. I'll take it. I'll take this one away. I want first crack. All right, you you can go ahead and we'll give you it. So out of all the UGA home games I've been to, I've been in college. This may have been the least excited I have been for one. And I was expecting, oh, George's going to blow them out. You know, this is one of those gimme games that I just kind of have to go to. And, you know, I'm tired of team scheduling three of these a year, you know. But it, the game did not play out that way. Brock Bauer scored in the first 20 seconds. I thought, here we go. George is going to probably win by 50 points. And then the wheels came off. And Georgia piddled around. It was not Sessa Bennett's brightest performance. The defense was allowing big plays. A lot of stupid mistakes from Lab McConkey in this game. Muffed punts, dropped passes. It, really nothing was going right. Um, just a very strange performance. You know, at halftime it was 26 to 13. It felt closer than that. 
And then the second half, you know, Georgia didn't dominate either. The second half was 13 to 9. So Georgia the second half was worse. Well, I expected, especially Georgia, you know, come out, oh, okay. We didn't play very well in the first half. Well, you didn't play very well in the second half either because it almost got to be a one-score game early in the fourth quarter. They missed a two-point conversion. We have the 12 minutes to go, which I would have expected a lot of people to be gone from the game by 12 minutes to go. But here I still am wondering, you know, Georgia's got this, right? It's the same feeling I had during the South Carolina game in 2019, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. This is right up there with that one and miserable times watching. But, you know, Georgia got it done. Forget about it. Never do it again. I, I think George is fine. I, I, I see no reason to be concerned. I don't think that's who they are. They've shown who they are the first three games. But it's not a good performance, to say the least. And I hope that, you know, they'll pick themselves up and get angry and move on along. Let's, right. let's hope so. Yeah. Right. And this Georgia game, I, I watched, I think, the entire thing. I, I'm pretty well, sure I watched the, the entire thing. time. <laughs> I, went, I went in and off from Georgia, State, and Clemson, and Wake Forest. And like you said, the first play I, when Brock Bauer scored – I was like, this is going to be 60 to nothing or whatever. That's what we all thought. And then Kent State scored and stuff happened. And I'm like, uh, Georgia, what's going on right now? Is this really happening? Stetson Bennett didn't even throw a touchdown in that game. He looked terrible. I, I, would, I wouldn't even say decent. He looked terrible. Brock Bowers looked like Brock Bowers, he well, looked good. I'll be honest with you, Stetson Bennett was not a train wreck in this game, but it was his worst game of the season to this point. It was. Brock Bowers looked great. McConkey looked probably <laughs> the worst player in the entire game. Looked yes. Absolutely terrible. He muffed a punt early, like you said. He, I think he fumbled it as well. Yes, he did. Dropped. Two passes as well. And yeah, he still wound up the leading receiver. Yeah, and if you're the number one team and you get the number one defense and number one of anything, even on their worst day, should not let up 22 points against Kent State. I think that was more of a faulty game for Georgia. I don't think this is who they are, like you said. But it does have me concerned because this should not happen. It doesn't have me deeply concerned. No, I think this isn't who they are. But of course, I'm still concerned because no team should let that happen to them. If Alabama let that happen to them, I would say the same thing. That was embarrassing by Georgia. But I think they'll pick it up. I hope they pick it up. And they should pick it back up. If they don't, then... And they have a harder test. Eh? Actually, Missouri's probably worse than Kent State. I wouldn't say harder. They have well, a they're not worse. Test. I'll uh, say this. 
Georgia is lucky they weren't playing a conference game on Saturday afternoon. Yes, they were lucky. Uh, for example, Georgia was lucky they weren't playing, you know, Miss State. They would have lost that. I believe they probably would have. They so, would have lost against Tennessee. I think they would have lost against Florida. Probably. Kirby Smart was actually glad about this in a way because he wanted the team to experience some adversity. I don't really enjoy seeing the adversity in this game, but you know, if it if it helps, it helps. But I don't I don't like seeing this. I don't think it does help, but we'll find out. That brings us to our next game. Kansas State and Oklahoma. A team that I said looks so much better from any year that I've seen them loses to a team that just lost to Tulane. Who, by the way, just lost to Southern Miss after leading 21 to nothing, I believe. They were up New by 21 year. points, I think. New Year, same problem. Yes, indeed, and we'll get to the new Oklahoma, uh, reincarnated Oklahoma in just a little bit. You know who I'm talking about. We'll get there in just a little yes, bit. Yes, I think I do. In fact, I would go as far in saying both of those teams look the same exact in a way. Dylan Gabriel, oh, they do. Dylan Gabriel actually looked good this game. I don't even have a problem with saying that. Dylan Gabriel looked great. Rushing, though, I'm just now looking at the statistic. The leading rusher was, I think it's Adrian Martinez. Yeah, Adrian Martinez, the quarterback, with four touchdowns. Rushing. Kansas State, again, by the way, for the second year and third time in the last four years, beat Oklahoma. Three times out of four in the last four years, beating Oklahoma, two of those consecutively. Oklahoma probably impossibly out of the playoff race now because if they can't beat Kansas State, They'd have Kansas to run the State, table. either they win every single game and win the conference championship and hope there's no undefeated teams left or something else happens. Uh, Oklahoma is definitely on last life stand. Uh, this was not a pretty game for Oklahoma defensively. And this, again, like I say, and me and Grant, we, talk, we talked about this before. And this, games like this, games like the Waste Forest game, prove what, and this is another, I guess you could call it a tough take from me, but I see it as a fact, and most people wouldn't see it as a fact. Defense is always and will always, always be better than offense. People say that we're entering a new era where offense decides games. That's just not true. If you looked at the Georgia game, if you looked at the Clemson, any game, defense is what wins games because if you have two offenses, it's going to stalemate and they're going to go 51-61. They're going to go high scoring. Defense is what wins games because no matter what, defense can score and they can stop from scoring. Offense is going to be a shootout and you hope you have the ball last. Games like this Kansas State game and Oklahoma game, both two teams had a great offensive performance. They couldn't have done any better, couldn't have done any worse. Could have done worse, but 
they didn't have good defense to stop each other. And again, if they did have a good defense, it would have been 34 to nothing Oklahoma and we'd all be in our seats like, okay, they did what they should have done. But teams like this need to have good defense or else they can't win a game. It's what we see with the Michigan-Maryland game. Every single game pretty much this week, you could see defense. Were they good? Were they not? That brings me back. One more thing I want to mention before I let you take it, Grant. This proves from last year's Georgia Bulldogs. Why were they so dominant? They had a man offense. It wasn't bad. It was probably one of the top offenses. wasn't the best, but it was good. But they had the best defense we've probably seen in the last 10, 15 years. The best defense within any modern-day era. Defense is what is winning these games. Grant. Well, I agree on that point with Georgia's defense being the best one we've seen in recent memory. It was. There were NFL players all over the field. Five of them went in the first round. But I don't think I fully agree with you that defense is so, you know, always everything. Because I do think there's a new era of the game. And I do think that offense is becoming more prevalent. Uh, Like LSU, that was an offensive team, and nobody could touch them. But they also had had a good defense. Their defense was fine. Sure, but like they won games with that offense. No No one could keep up with them. If you have a special type of offense like that, that it can work. But I do agree, defense is being cast aside by too many people. As far as this game goes, Kansas State did it again. Adrian Martinez, who had looked putrid through three games, came out and absolutely went off, ran all over this Oklahoma defense, and took a bow on the last touchdown to put it away. They scored 41. Oklahoma looks like the Oklahoma of old, where they get 550 yards of offense in this game and they can't win. Somehow, I don't know. Kansas State must have some kind of kryptonite, some kind of <laughs> they they just have something against Oklahoma to where Oklahoma just can't do it for some reason. I I don't understand. It it may be and how their like, offenses ran. We see that with a bunch of teams. There's certain teams where they're like the be- one of the best teams in college football, but they can't beat that one team. This may be like that. Well, it, it clearly is, but I just don't understand why it's Kansas State of all teams. But Oklahoma, again, new coach, new year, same problem. Um you know, Venables is a defensive guy. Maybe he's trying to build the defense out there and he doesn't have the pieces yet. It's entirely possible. I can tell you the pieces aren't there right now. But, you know, Oklahoma, again, is going to be playing for their life every week because when they lose again, it's over. And they lost us at home as well. It's even worse. And I just feel like I've seen this Oklahoma team before. They don't look any different. And, yeah, I – Kansas State, keep doing what you're doing because it's working. Just don't lose a two-lane. Well, they already did, but... Well, they'd like to have that one back. Yes, they really would because if they didn't lose to two-lane, they'd probably be in the playoff conversation too. I mean, I guess you could say they are in it, but they're like it's Oklahoma. Seems, they're on life alert. These teams are going to... Sorry, <laughs> not these teams. 
this team, Kansas State, is going to lose four games this year. I they wouldn't are. say four, but they're probably going to lose again. They're probably going to yeah. lose. They're probably going to lose to like Texas or Oklahoma State or Baylor or Kansas. They're, they're going to lose multiple games here. They're they're not going to come out eleven and one. If they do, hats off to them. But you know, we'll this see. isn't a world beating Kansas State team. This is a team that Oklahoma should have beaten. It is. We'll just have to see. But that brings us on to our next game. Another great game. Well, I wouldn't say great. Just uh, one we like to watch. Uh, it's number seven, USC taking on Oregon State at Oregon State. Number one, before I say what I think about both of these teams, it, it was an embarrassing performance for USC. Caleb Williams, out of 36 passes, only completed 16 of them through one touchdowns one touchdown it wasn't a very offensive game it was again we talked about this the past few weeks USC looking like that uh, Oklahoma team that scores a lot and lets up a lot it was 17 to 14 and they won on a last play I believe it was last play or it was a last second touchdown this is not what USC wants if you want to be a playoff contender this is not what you should want though USC really did not look all that great in this game at all but that brings me on to say it's not the worst thing ever for USC fans it's a it's a game everyone has a mistake every once in a while luckily for USC that mistake was not against the little Mickey Mouse team Oregon State is one of those better teams that most people find underrated. I've talked about Oregon State a lot because I've seen them a lot. I actually pay attention to them. They're usually a good team every year. They usually go on and beat a few good teams that they're not supposed to beat. They're one of those teams that beat good teams that they're not supposed to beat, like Kansas State. They're not the best team. They can beat games they're not supposed to win, but they lose the games they're supposed to win. Oregon State's looked good this year. Obviously, almost beat USC. I got to be something. It's not the worst case scenario for USC. They're still 4-0. They still beat Oregon State, which, to be honest, I thought this was going to be a decently close game in the first case. Obviously, the score is low scoring, which is not the best case for USC. I think it should have been closer and a, a little bit more of a high-scoring game. But overall, not the worst-case scenario for USC, but they're definitely going to be talked about a lot. They're already being talked about. They're going to have to pick this up if they want to win the Pac-12 and even go into the playoff. Because right now, I am starting to believe that the best team in the Pac-12 is Phoenix Jr.-led Washington. They're looking out outstanding, amazing. They're looking like they're more consistent of a team than USC, but we'll find that out later on. Again, this is the team that me and Grant had that little joke about a minute ago. They're definitely the reincarnated Oklahoma. Uh, obviously, Caleb Williams is on that team. And I believe Washington went from Oklahoma too, right? Mm, say that again? 
I know Caleb Williams came from Oklahoma. Who? What was that other guy that came from Oklahoma? Obviously, their coach. But oh, uh, what's his name? Murray Williams. That's right. So definitely reincarnated Oklahoma team here that looks the same as Oklahoma has. But Grant. Well, this game's on Pac-12 Network, so you probably didn't see it. Um, nope. I did get to see this game. I found a stream. It was terrible quality, but I, I did get to see this. But I don't know if the stream quality was as bad as Oregon State was at choking this game. I mean, USC had no business winning this game. I'm going to be very honest. No, they did not. Um, Oregon State's quarterback, uh, Chance Nolan, had four interceptions. He threw some awful passes. And when you turn the ball over four times, you used to lose the game. And the fact that they had a drive with a chance to tie it or win it at the end, even throwing four interceptions is not good. For It's a bad reflection on USC, too. Caleb Williams was not good in this game. I, I'm not impressed with how USC played one bit. I guess the one nice thing I can say about them is that they actually did play defense in the game for once. There was a lot of questions about their defense and, you know, if the defense played like that and they get four interceptions and they didn't have any sacks, so they're going to need they're gonna need some more pass rush. But they're going to have to keep teams scoring down like like this. But this USC's bread and butter is the offense. They've got to score at a high clip like Oklahoma does. Lincoln Riley, to be successful at USC, is going to need to build. He, I think he's got the offense. They didn't show up here. But he needs Oklahoma offense with a better defense. Because Oklahoma's defense was never good enough to play with the elite teams in this country. Oregon State, they really should have won this game. It's a missed opportunity. USC can survive and tell the story. But, you know, a lot of improvements need to come for USC. Fortunately, I think the offensive side is easier to fix for them. So I do think they have that kind of a talent. But, you know, very scary here. Right. The next game I want to mention real quick is Northern Illinois at Kentucky. I've talked about Kentucky for the last few weeks. I know you don't like my takes on Kentucky. Uh, and apparently the so-called experts, obviously ESPN, whatever, don't like my takes on Kentucky either because they have them pretty high. I haven't been high on Kentucky I haven't been very high on Will Levis. I'm I'm getting higher on him, just not still overall with the train that calls him the best in college football because he's not. Uh, but this was an embarrassing game for Kentucky. Uh, you know it's embarrassing for you when you almost lose to a team that played it close with Vanderbilt, uh, Mickey Mouse. In fact, you almost lost to Mickey Mouse, who did lose to Mickey Mouse. But uh, again, this is another one of those games offensively. Kentucky didn't look terrible. They should have scored more. I mean, 
Vanderbilt scored more against Northern Illinois. Come on. Uh, but Kentucky offensively looked fine. They didn't look great. Will Levis, four touchdowns. He looked good. Rushing didn't get it done enough. Had, I believe, zero rushing touchdowns. Uh, not that great for Kentucky. Northern Illinois able to put 23 points on the board. Kentucky only able to escape with a 31-23 victory. I think this is a, it's definitely not pretty for Kentucky and not pretty for the people high on them either because what are they ranked now, like seven? I, I still can't believe they're ranked, ranked ahead of Tennessee and even Arkansas. I don't see how they're ranked. I don't see how they're ranked as the third best team in the SEC because if you they they scored thirty one against Youngstown, they barely beat Florida, which again we barely beat Florida. I think Florida they're decent, nothing great. They have their games. Anthony Richardson has his games and then has his not good games. They barely beat. Or, they didn't play very good against Miami, Ohio, and obviously now Northern Illinois. So Kentucky needing – they're going to need to pick up their stuff because if they don't, they're going to start losing some games. And if you're Kentucky, you're already ranked pretty high. You want to keep your ranking up high and play the big dogs like Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Texas A&M, whatever is on their schedule coming up, you're going to have to start winning some games or you're not going to win those but going to need to pick up their performance, Grant. Yeah, agreed. Kentucky's offense has been very average through the first four games. They've gotten through them all. They had some easy opponents, and then the Florida game, obviously. Uh, they, they shut down Richardson defensively. I think Kentucky's a very solid football team. We'll find out just how they stack up with the real teams coming up. Uh, they beat Florida. Good for them but they're going to have some harder games than that. Like, Georgia's close to the end of their schedule this year. Uh, they have Ole Miss this week. That's one to watch. Um, Indeed. They'll Tennessee, they'll Tennessee next month. Uh, they don't play Alabama. I know they'll play Mississippi State. But, yeah, we'll see how Kentucky stacks up. Uh, Levis has been fine. Is he worth the number two pick? No. I don't understand those people. But, you know, this isn't a good showing for Kentucky this week. I think they're fine. And that brings us to my game. Uh, Tennessee and Florida. Number 20 ranked Florida up against 11. Now, I believe, 8 ranked Tennessee in Neyland Stadium. A checkerboarded Neyland Stadium, by the way. Checkerboarded, mm-hmm. baby. Uh-oh. That game was a great game to watch. Definitely gave me uh, some nerves because that was a lot closer than I – well, it was a lot bet, a lot, I guess you can say, closer than I would have wished. We, they they kind of got points in the end that we shouldn't have let up. But, again, it's one of those games where you're winning and you just let them score in the last and they try to get back that last, what, onside kick and they got it. So – other than that, we beat them by a decent margin until, again, we let them score last second. Uh, but I want to talk about Anthony Richardson a little. He looked 
he did not look as bad as I thought he was going to look. He wasn't bad at all. He wasn't terrible. Uh, I want to mention this. I said this last week, and it proved to be true. Tennessee's, I wouldn't say kryptonite, but Tennessee's main weakness for these last two years of the Josh Heupel era, era, I have realized, has really been stopping the quarterback run. I talked about this a lot last week, which again, I don't think, I, I did not post that podcast. I talked about this a lot. Tennessee has a problem with stopping the quarterback run. If you looked at our last year's game against Ole Miss, again, Grant knows how I feel about that game. But if we take away all of the uh, faking injury aspect of that, one of the main reasons that game was very close, Tennessee did not do a good job at stopping, stopping Matt Corral at all. He was running all over us. And that's just one of the things that I was scared about. Because before this game, I knew, okay, Florida doesn't have the best team. They don't have the best team. But Anthony Richardson can run. And that's one of the things that got me. Florida, again, Tennessee did a decent job at stopping the quarterback run this game. It was closer than it should have been. Again, because of that quarterback run, Anthony Richardson looked impressed improved he looked like a better passer i think this is another one of his good weeks we're gonna trust me we're gonna see more bad weeks and we're gonna see more good weeks i think that's just anthony richardson we have he has his games he did good against utah obviously he didn't do good against uh kentucky Uh, we'll see a few good games from him we'll see a few bad games from him hendon hooker had an outstanding performance a great performance uh he is now Heisman worthy. They're talking about him in the Heisman candidacy. Uh, and he did that without Cedric Tillman, Vol's number one uh, wide receiver, possibly even their best player. Uh, so that was good for Hooker. <clears throat> but overall, good performance by Tennessee. Florida Gators did not have a terrible performance themselves either. Uh, very good game to watch. Definitely a nail-biter for me. Again, if you don't know, I'm a Tennessee fan, if you couldn't tell. But definitely a great game. Grant? Well, uh, Anthony Richardson was responsible for 515 yards in this game. Richardson has the talent to have a go-off game at any point. This was one of them. Now, he didn't get it done, but... 453 passing yards. We have not seen him pass the ball well this year. He did here. He, he also did his usual thing on the ground with two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Tennessee was it was a clinic offensively. Uh, not much I can I need to say about that. I agree. The one thing I am going to say that you did not bring up, Florida can thank themselves for not having this game in overtime for stupidly going for two in an 11-point game. When there yeah, was no incentive I should have mentioned that. That was – Yeah, just... that was – I did not understand it. And then it winds up where they score, and they have to go for two to get back to a three-point game, and they also don't get it, where if you just kick two extra points, it'd be a three-point game. They get the onside kick. 
they're down in Tennessee territory. They could have tried to set up for a field goal attempt and tied the game. But no, instead, they have to get a touchdown and the clock runs out on them. So that was poor management from Billy Napier. Really a, a missed chance for Florida. Uh, really wasting this performance from Anthony Richardson. Both teams were good offensively here. Uh, Tennessee got the win. I think Florida's improved from last year. I don't think anyone would argue that. Tennessee's obviously improved from last year. I don't think anyone would argue against that either. So, yeah, that was a fun game. I did get to see that one. Um, right. Yeah. <clears throat> and with the play you said about that, uh, the two-point situation, did, didn't Napier after the game say he wasn't sorry for that too? I, uh, I may I be thinking about something else. I may be thinking about something else. There were a bunch of moments like that this well, week where coaches whatever, defended. whatever he said, he should be sorry for that. Oh yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not going to put words in his mouth because can't remember. Obviously, go ahead. But, he's the Florida. He's the Florida coach. You you can you can put words in his mouth whenever. Can't do that. But it's it's Florida. I don't care. It is. It is Florida. They're they're Gators. We don't like Gators here. But uh, overall, I'm just sitting there as a Tennessee fan, saying, "What the hell, Florida? You, they could have really had a big, better chance at beating us. That they they, they, they probably would have went to over. Could have went they, to overtime. They then. had every chance to. But. Embarrassing for Florida, great for Tennessee. Next game I'm going to talk about, how many more do we have? We're going to have to start going a little bit quicker here. Arkansas and Texas A&M. Another very... I don't even know if I have words to explain this. The we- One of the weirdest games to watch. Arkansas had a chance... KJ Jefferson jumped into the end zone, tried to do a Cam Newton, fumbled the ball. Texas A&M picks it up, runs it, and hands it off. And they get a touchdown on the fumble recovery. I, I think we saw two very even teams here. I think Arkansas is probably the better overall team. Again, a very bad mistake from KJ Jefferson there. Uh, or I, I guess you could really blame it on the coach. I mean, whoever told KJ Jefferson jump, it's not really the best decision you should do, especially if you don't know if he has very good ball security. Uh, so I don't blame that one completely on Jefferson. But overall, I guess you could say it's a good game to watch. Nothing really much offensively. It was a very defensive game. Uh, Arkansas had a 14-0 lead at first. Uh, Max Johnson looked decent. I wouldn't even really say decent. He did not look great. Uh, Texas A&M quarterback still being Texas A&M quarterbacks. Ed J. Jefferson, again, looked great other than that one mistake but overall just I don't even really have much to say about that game it was just a game just it it decides the playoff hopes every bit here Uh, but we'll have to really see what goes on this week 
with Arkansas taking on Alabama. Like Grant. Yeah, um, I thought Arkansas would win this game. Uh, the game-winning field goal was very bizarre, hitting the very top of the right upright and bouncing up in the air and coming down in front of the field goal post. It was very, very That's strange. Crazy. Uh, oh my. Arkansas came out of the gate, fourteen nothing. <clears throat> I felt a And M was gonna definitely lose, and uh, you know maybe they were the most overhyped team in college football this year. Then their defense stepped up with that wild play, but the kid jumps and jump with the fumble recovery, and then the handoff mm. of the fumble recovery to another mm. defender, and that kind of just turned the tide and the momentum of the rest of the game. A and M, they they got to win games with their defense. They they just don't have a dynamic offense. It's just not going to happen. They did here, so Arkansas. Arkansas is a good team. I have nothing really bad to say about either of these teams overall. I think they're both good teams. But, you know, AM really needed this. Uh, they have Bama coming up. They have Mississippi State coming up this week, Bama next week. So we'll see if they even ride the momentum. Right. Next game I'm going to talk about. Oregon and Washington State. Washington State had every single chance to put this one away, and they failed. Oregon, again, not even a very beautiful game for Oregon either. They failed to do what they should have done against Washington State. They, they like uh, Oregon, like USC, or not USC, uh, like Oklahoma and Kansas State, are also riding on their last life, praying for goodness to happen so they can make it to the playoff. This isn't really what they should have wanted either. But again, Washington State allowing 29 points in the fourth quarter for Oregon to come back and win this one. 29 points. They were down... In the fourth quarter, let's see real quick how much they were down by. 27 to 15. And again, they they, they let up. T- they came back and scored 29 points in the fourth quarter. That's just insane. More of a mistake on Washington's half than Oregon's half. Bo Nix looked improved. Uh, again, not against the best team. Washington State, again, they have a good team. But again, like I've said with almost every other team, it can't be a good team but then lack the defense. That's another one of these teams. That's what really, in my opinion, keeps teams from going elite. They have great offenses. They just don't have the defense to hold on some of these other teams, but Bo Nix, three touchdowns, one interception, 33 for 44 and 428 yards. He looked very, very much improved than he has in these past few games. Obviously, if you're an Oregon fan and if you're Bo Nix, that's really what you want because he was not looking impressive at all these last few games. So that's very good for him. Uh, 
but really not much to say about that other than Washington State. You blew it. You just you had every single chance and you blew it, Grant. Oregon really needed that game. They got it. Uh, Bonex looked impressive for once. For once. Um, <laughs> that was probably the best game out of every single game in his entire career. Oh, not even close, in my opinion. <laughs> um, look, I thought Oregon was the favorite to win the Pac-12 North. Um, I think I still believe that. They had to win this game. If they had lost this game, this this was this could have spiraled for Oregon. They're very fortunate to come away with this. They turned it on in the fourth quarter and realized they had a football game to go play. And they got it done on the road. Washington State, I don't know how good they're gonna be this year. I mean, they've started out three and L. This is their first loss. They took Oregon to the wire. But yeah, that I don't have a whole lot to say about this other than much, much needed for Oregon. Right. That brings me on to the next game. I'm just going to briefly mention this uh, only because Ole Miss and Tulsa, again, like the last few weeks I've been talking about this, Ole Miss failed to do what they need to do against these smaller teams. It could have a, a little bit of it could be that they're just playing smaller teams. They don't want to get much done. It was 35 to 17 at halftime. That's a good... I think they went home at halftime. Exactly, but I think they went home at halftime because they didn't score a single point after that. Uh, yeah. Jackson Dart looked okay, completing 13 for 24, two touchdowns, 154 yards. Didn't look terrible. But again, Ole Miss, if you're, if you're Ole Miss, you're going to want to do better than this because... This is their third game now, I believe. Let's see real quick. I know their first game against Troy was embarrassing. Uh, let's see this real quick if I can. Yes, Troy. They've really played four Mickey Mouse teams in a row. Troy, Central Arkansas, they took care of business there. Georgia Tech. That had people thinking they were doing better. Okay, Ole Miss may not be a mess. They just destroyed the crap out of Georgia Tech, 42 to nothing. Okay, can they do it against Tulsa? Right. And then they come to Tulsa at home in Ole Miss. In, again, 35-27, this was, what, a one-score game? That's an eight-point game, I think, if I'm doing math right in my head. Uh, again, if you're Ole Miss, you have Kentucky coming up this week. This is your chance to prove yourself. I think Ole Miss and Kentucky are two very evenly matched teams for the reasoning of they have very similar offenses, not styled offenses, but as far as we've seen scoring go goes, Oh, their scoring has been going in these games. They've had the same problem, keeping it close within these very lower tier teams. I think I'm not going to predict this game, but because uh, that's for later in the week for our next episode. But I think this Kentucky game is going to be a very close game. I think anyone could look at that and say that uh, it's going to be a very close game. 
we're going to find out a lot about both teams next uh, this week. Grant? Ole Miss is now out of their non-conference schedule. Their last eight games will be SEC games. Let's see who they are. I'm going to leave it at that. Right. Nothing to say about their performance? It was honestly not super surprising seeing how they've done so far. Right. Jackson Dart again looking decent. I don't have nothing bad. I don't have a lot to say. Right. I'll have more to say later. Right. That brings us up to our next game, which was another decent game. This one really meant a lot for both teams. Uh, Baylor and Iowa State. Again, like another like like a few teams I've mentioned. Baylor on life support, really needing the last eight of their games. Nine for this point before this game to be wins. They're riding on their life support. Oh, it's still nine. They got to win the Big Twelve championship game. Oh yeah, that's true. But other than that, uh, and they did. They won against Iowa State. Us, they were favored. No, they weren't favored. Actually, I think. I had them winning this game either way. Iowa State, Baylor, I think it's two evenly matched teams. Neither team has really impressed me so far. I don't see either in the playoff. But again, not much to say about this game. Uh, Baylor really needed it. Iowa State also really needed it. They didn't get it. Both teams on life support. Grant? Yeah, I didn't see any of this game, to say the truth. Um I'm just going to say what you said. Baylor was facing elimination, essentially, in that game, and they won. So they live to see another week. They will have harder tests than Iowa State to come up, though. Right. And that brings me to our next game, Washington and Stanford. Washington has been a very impressive team so far. I had them not doing very good at the beginning of the season. Again, last year. I've mentioned this several times now. I'm going to mention it again. I believe it was Missouri State, some FCS team. Not a bad FCS team, but still an FCS team. They were ranked, I believe, 20 last year when they lost. I think it was 24, actually. But they were ranked and lost to an FCS team. And Washington really, since 2000 and what was it, 16? Yes. I think it was 2016 when they made the playoffs. Yep. Lost to Alabama and really hasn't done anything ever since. However, surprisingly, and I'm surprised I'm saying this, this year has been different. Phoenix Jr. has had a phenomenal season so far. He's leading, I believe he's leading everyone in the country so far. I may be wrong about that. I think he has 11 touchdowns so far. I may go ahead. I'll go ahead and check it while I'm talking, but uh, he's been phenomenal so far. He actually has 12 touchdowns and one interception. Very great. Very good for Washington. They've been a very impressive team. Not going to talk about this game much. Just, again, Washington really handling business. Uh, I They're my favorite for the Pac-12 right now. Uh Either them or USC, I'm not quite sure yet, but Washington looking like the more consistent team. They've looked great. Grant? 
I don't think – I don't have much to say about this game, but I do have something to say about that take. Washington's beaten the Michigan State team who's been blown out back-to-back weeks. I don't really know how much I can draw for Washington off of that. I don't think they're the favorites in the back 12 I, I wouldn't even say they're my top three favorites in the back 12 to tell you the truth. But good for Washington. They say undefeated, I guess. That brings us to our next game. Briefly going to mention this one. Not even take a minute on this one. BYU, Wyoming. BYU really not, again, not impressing against Wyoming. 38-24. Wyoming did just come off of a very, very big upset win against Air Force. No one expected that. I did not expect that. Air Force was huge favorites in that game. Uh Jaron, Jared, Jaron Hall for BYU again, having a very impressive performance. I'm not sure if they have their wide receivers back yet. That may have had an impact in this. But overall, BYU again, like other teams, on life support. And they may not even be able to make it because of the uh, playoff committee's uh, Power Five bias and BYU's not in the Power Five. So we'll see how that plays out. But BYU. Either or, without bias. They're on life support. Grant? Yep, I agree. Not much to say. All right. Next game, and this is another one we're going to talk about just for a minute. Texas and Texas Tech. Texas, this wasn't the worst. This is not the worst case scenario for Texas. However, they are essentially... Already out of the playoffs, I get you could say they're on life support. They have the only reason I'd say they're on life support is because they have they still have good games coming up that can technically still make the playoffs. I'd say now, I wouldn't say that. I mean, if you look at their in the big 12, it's it's done. They are who was the number one loss, though, it was number one Alabama at the time. So, but this one, this that, one's the killer. I wouldn't say it's the killer, and this is I why Texas is. Tech, being a good team, solid team, uh, Texas again having a backup quarterback. I don't think this is the worst situation for them. They have very good games coming up, and again, one of the reasons why I don't think it's worst case scenario. It's not like they've already played all the good teams. If they beat. Oklahoma, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, TCU, Kansas, and Baylor. All those games are back-to-back, by the way. There'll be a team to talk about in the playoffs. I don't see them doing that, though. But that's possible. Uh, But again, as far as the game goes, not very great game for Texas. Texas Tech got done what they could get done. And pulled off the upset. Uh, I think Texas fans are just waiting for their viewers to get back because it's really what they need right now. Grant? Well, it's a nice upset win for Texas Tech. Uh, they stormed the field after the game. I don't know if it was a good field storm. Um, Got fined against it, too, I believe. Yes, you do get fined for that, but screw it. Anyway. 
look, I disagree with you. Texas is done. They're two lost. They're in the Big 12. I don't care that they've lost. Alabama is one of them. It's done for them. I, I don't see – we've never seen a two-loss team ever make the college football playoff. Why would it be Texas? Oh, they're done, but, I mean, I'm just saying with all – technically, if they went out, they have a very decent chance. Well, I disagree. They're not going to win out, though. If they do win out, they'll make it to a New Year's Six Bowl, but they are not getting into the into the top four. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Um, Quinn Ewers, he's come back. Yes, I agree. Um, but maybe Texas's focus for the future should be on the savior, Arch Manning. All right. Is that all you have to say for that one? Yeah, I mean, this winds right. up Texas in my book. Right. Next game, not even going to mention this one, Pittsburgh. Guess you could say handle business against Rhode Island. That was a pretty embarrassed, embarrassing game. They won 45-24. to 24. It's Not all that good. Don't believe you have anything to say about that, do you? Nope. Pittsburgh being decent, not as good as I thought they were. Very unimpressive. Last game I'm really going to really talk about. <sighs> Miami. What the hell is going on in Miami? Miami and Middle Tennessee. By the way, Middle Tennessee up until this point had never won a single game in program history against a top 25 team. Well, guess what? That's no longer a stat because they just won against number 25. Lucky well, yeah. for them, they still have to be 25. Probably is Mickey Mouse a top 25 win as they come. Indeed. Miami. Another interesting stat for you that don't know this. I didn't know this until the other day. Middle Tennessee is now three and zero against Miami. Is this Miami's kryptonite? Is this like the Kansas State Oklahoma thing we're seeing? Miami apparently has a problem against Middle Tennessee, and honestly, I th- and I think this is actually a fairly recent situation. I think these games have been recent. It's not like Miami lost to Middle Tennessee. Three times, two of those were back in like 1983. I think all three of these games were recent. Actually, I think one was in the 1900s. I believe one was in 2018. I'm not 100% sure. Pretty sure, though. But not much to say about this game other than Miami completely. They're out of the playoffs regardless now. Uh, Even if they went out, really the only great teams they play, I believe, are Clemson, maybe Notre Dame. And Wake Forest, Pitt, I mean, they're not going to make it in the playoffs. They're done. You can't lose to a team like this and make it in the playoffs. I mean, Miami blew their chance. They're done. Uh, I believe they have a new head coach. Cristobal. That's right, Cristobal. Mr. Oregon man, right? Yes. He's probably, uh, he may be on the hot seat in just a little bit. We'll see. His seat's getting warmer, that's for sure. You have anything to say about that? Embarrassing. 
not only does your not only does your quarterback come out and say he likes playing road games better than home games because of how bad the home atmosphere is there, but then you go out and you lose this game. It couldn't have been a worse week for Miami. They're done. Stick a fork in them, like you said. Uh, you gave up forty-five to Middle Tennessee. Goodness, <laughs> there's not much to say. I'm, I, the results speak for itself. Right. And I'm not even going to talk about these games and go in depth. I'm just going to mention them. Auburn, Missouri, talk about a Mickey Mouse Bowl. Uh, This is probably the Mickey Mouse Bowl of this year. Uh, We may have Vandy and Missouri be the Mickey Mouse Bowl. We'll just have to see. Me and Grant predicted this one last week. We didn't publish it. We both agreed this would be a very low-scoring game. It would be the Mickey Mouse Bowl of all time. We said it would probably end in some weird way, and it looks like God has blessed us. We were right. Uh, ended on the most embarrassing fumble in the end zone. Uh, happens every once in a while. Somehow it happened to several teams this week. Arkansas fumbled it, and then it was ran back for a touchdown. But Missouri fumbled it, and I believe that was either – is that a safety or is that a touchback? One of the two. Uh, that right there, and I'm briefly going to mention this. I think Missouri's possibly the better overall team than Auburn. Obviously, Auburn has probably a, a better team or a single better player. What was his name? Uh, Barry? What, Tank Bigby, maybe? That's right. I forget his the last how do you pronounce his last name? Bigsby. Bigsby. Okay, that's right. I was thinking of... He shouldn't be at UGA, by the way. He thought about it. This offseason, he thought about the transfer, but he didn't do it. But... Either way, Mickey Mouse game, that was embarrassing. Uh, next game, I'm going to talk about TCU. They impressed. Uh, they're... Proving themselves every week. Kansas. We had the basketball matchup. Kansas and Duke. Uh, both 3-0. and That's impressive as well. Kansas won that one. Good for Kansas. We'll see where they rank in our upcoming top 25. UCLA. They handled business, I guess you could say, against Colorado. But really, allowing 17 points against Colorado. I, come on. The highest scoring game in total points. By the way, I believe there was an FCS game this week. Do you know possibly about this? It was, I think, 97 to nothing. Yes, Stephen F. Austin. I think it was Moorhead State. It was Stephen F. Austin against – it was not a D1 college they were playing up against, but I did look them up. I don't remember who they were. It was Moorhead State, I think. It was Stephen F. Austin against some D2 school. It was not Morehead State. I know that. It was some school down in Florida. It was 98-0. to zero. I had the privilege of watching that, those highlights with my roommates. It was quite unbelievable how bad that team was. Yeah, it was. But going back to this game, I believe this is the highest scoring game overall. Ohio and Fordham. I was, again, not going to mention this game, but I was 
keeping track of this on my phone because I saw Fordham beating Ohio by like 50. It was like 49 to 30 or 49 to 20 or something. I was just thinking, how are you letting an FCS team beat you like this? But it's Ohio. Nothing really to say about that game. Notre Dame proving themselves against North Carolina. Again, another one of those offense-defense type of situations that I've been talking and talking about. North Carolina would be one of the best teams in the nation if it weren't for their defense. Drake May probably – I really don't get – I really disagree with whoever does the Heisman odds. Drake May should be – and really is the number one pick for Heisman right now, in my opinion. He has had a phenomenal year, has looked absolutely amazing. Even in this loss against Notre Dame, five touchdowns, 301 yards, 17 for 32. Again, great game for him. They lost. Minnesota, very impressive against Michigan State. Michigan State looking terrible. They're out of the playoffs now for obvious reasons. James Madison, incumbent year in the FBS, and 3-0 and with a win against Appalachian State. That's great for them. Cincinnati handling business against Indiana. And I believe that's really all I really want to mention, other than the fact Iowa, uh, sadly, Iowa won that game. Really was wanting to see a bad performance by Iowa. But Iowa takes on Michigan this week. And if you don't know, uh, it's in Iowa. Iowa has a very good history of beating top five, top ten AP teams in Iowa in these last few years. But we'll see how that goes. South Carolina, sadly, uh, pulling away. I just slowly want to. I just quickly want to mention this. How do you win a game 56-20 to 20 and have a quarterback that doesn't throw a touchdown? Is that I'm possible? Sure. I guess it is. Apparently it's possible. And last game I want to mention, Florida State handling business against Boston College. Florida State, uh, Jordan Travis is back looking amazing, looking great. Great for Florida State. That's really all I'm going to talk about in this uh, this episode with these games before we do our top 25 real quick. Real quick. Is there any other game I missed you want to cover? Uh, not really. We can move on. All right. Are you ready for this top 25? Good. You have yours ready. I do. All right. Are we going to do the normal go one through five, five through ten, and then go ten at a time or whatever? Yeah, as long as we're quick about it. All right. My number one is Georgia. Grant? My number one is also Georgia. It does not change after this week. My number two, my number two is Alabama. My number two is also Alabama. My number three is Michigan. My number three is Ohio State. My number four is Ohio State. My number four is Michigan. My number five is the University of Rocky Top, Tennessee. 
My number five is Clemson. Wow. My number six is Washington. My number six is USC. My number seven is USC. My number seven is Tennessee. Wow. My number eight is Florida State. Number eight is Kentucky. My number nine is Minnesota. <laughs> my number nine is Oklahoma State. My number ten is Penn State. That is my number ten. Hmm. All right, I'll go through 15. My number 11 is Oklahoma. Number 12 is NC State. Number 13 is Oklahoma State. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to quickly. Oklahoma is now 13. Oklahoma State. And NC State move up a spot. Number 14, Clemson. Number 15, Texas A&M. Well, I have NC State at 11. I have Utah at 12. I have Oregon at 13. Ole Miss holding at 14. I have Washington at 15. Interesting. Number 16, I have Texas A&M. Number 17, I have Arkansas. Number 18, I have Utah. They didn't really have a very impressive game this week against Arizona State. Coachless Arizona State. Number 18, Baylor. Number 19, this is surprising, LSU. Number 20, Kentucky. Uh, number 16 is Texas A&M. Number 17 is Baylor. Oklahoma is 18. Arkansas is 19. And Minnesota is number 20. All right. Did I say my number 20 already? Yes, you did, I think. Kentucky, number 20. 21, yeah. Wake Forest. 22, Ole Miss. 23, BYU. 24, Syracuse. Number 25, the one that I was really, really debating. I changed this last second. The Kansas Jayhawks are now in the top 25. Wow. Florida State's 21, BYU's 22, Wake's 23, Pitt is 24, and I am right with you with the Jayhawks in the 25th spot. I debated it because I was debating Kansas State there, but they lost to Tulane. I can't really yeah, put them that's, in. Yeah, that's where the debate fell, but, you know, let's do it for Kansas for once. They may not see this again. Indeed. Let's see, is that really? I think that's it. I didn't yeah. really put any stats together, I don't think. So, yeah, that's it. But you have anything else to say? Um, so, look at my poll last week. I had to drop Oklahoma a lot. I was surprised you kept them so high. Uh, Tennessee leapfrogging Kentucky. Um. Not things held in the form. Not a not a huge change on my list, but I mean I Oklahoma went from five on flipping, mine as well. Flipping Clemson and USC. Clemson rose a good bit in mine. I had Clemson six and USC five. I, I swapped the two. Minnesota rose the most. They were unranked. They're now nine. Well, Florida I State don't... also rose a lot. I don't think Minnesota has played anyone to be worthy of the nine spot yet. 
Again, my my top my top twenty five. Again, um, and by the way, I I I don't know if I mentioned this yet. Grant's top twenty five is I think mainly based off of just like kind of like schedule and who plays who or whatever. I'm looking just... at how I expected you to perform. I'm looking at who you've played, how you performed in those games, and basically making. Adjustments based off where I had you last week. Mine is different. Mine's not based off of who I had last week. Like, for instance, Georgia loses to an unranked team. They'll drop a little bit because of that. It, it's different than that. I do mine based off of completely power rankings, I call them. Uh, mine are completely who I think is where. Who do I think is the number one country or team in the country who do i think is the number five mine is strictly based off of what i think the order is basically if i have you at one i think you can beat anybody below that well i think anyone can beat anybody but you have a better chance if i think you're number seven i think you can really beat most of the people under that and you can beat anyone above you but you're more favored in the one below you that's how i really have these but it's how i really debate all these I believe that's all. So if you stayed till the end, thank you for listening to this. Uh, it's probably a little longer than I wanted it, but that's okay because there were a lot of good games this week, a lot of good games to cover. Uh, and next week, we're going to have a great, good a, game, a great bit of games too. So if you liked this, tune into our next one, which will be on either Thursday or Friday. We're pl- I'm planning on trying to get it done Thursday and post it Thursday night or Friday so that obviously there's a lot of time to listen to it because no one's going to want to watch a college or listen to a college football podcast after the games are done or on the day of the games. Not what most people want to do. So if you want to see that or hear that, tune in. But I'm Connor and Grant's here with me. And if you like this, go to my Twitter, Connor A. Turner, and let me know what you think about it. But until next time, God bless everybody. Have a great night.